Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Intel is the spark for the dreamers who do. They dream of a life with no diseases, of cleaner, greener, more reliable energy, of advancing education by bringing AI everywhere. Intel is the spark to start something new, to know that no dream is too daring when you have the right foundation. It starts with Intel. Learn more at intel.com starts. What you're about to hear is an unscripted, one-time counseling session focused on work. For the purposes of maintaining confidentiality, names, employers, and other identifiable characteristics have been removed. But their voices and their stories are real. He's been the bartender, she's been the boss. He's been more than the bartender, he's been the loyal manager of the bar. And for the first time, they are going to partner together and open a taqueria, which they hope will become the beginning of a chain of successful taquerias. For the last few years, she's had other partners, primarily family members. And perhaps this is why she never discussed equity, responsibilities, and so she would like to do it differently this time. And so with this new business partner, she hopes to have a clear sense of who does what, when, and how. I just, I feel continually undermined. The job has always been that place where I've been needed and I feel important. A lot of the people that work for me are like an extension of my family. There's no doubt that your emotional and relational dowry comes with you to work. Imagine going to work every day in a really busy place and no one will make eye contact with you. I mean, it feels like a breakup. It doesn't feel. It is. <laughs> so, how's work? You know, I've had work partnerships in the past that weren't really, like, talk through because I didn't know that I had to. And now they're really difficult. They're still active. They're still active and they're a mess. From the beginning, we didn't have like really good, clear communication about what we wanted, what was expected. There wasn't a clear agreement. Ex-husbands. It's a family member. <laughs> it's a family member. Yeah. But they're like ex-husbands in the sense that you have an ex-husband <laughs> with whom you had kids and you have to continue to raise those children. Yes, yes. And the, You're right. right? Like Something like that? Yeah. yeah, I have an ex-husband. So yeah, it's <laughs> true. <laughs> so... You know, we are building this new partnership for this new business, and we have a friendship. We've worked together, um, but I know that we need to do some work in terms of what is agreed, what is the expectation, like what's this commitment going to look like, because it's going to change so much that if it's not cleared from the beginning, uh, once we get working, it's just going to be head down working because mm -hmm. that's the mm -hmm. nature of mm -hmm. the industry that we are in. And you have ex-wives? Um, no. <laughs> I have... <laughs> Real ones the, and metaphoric yeah, ones. Meta <laughs> yeah, metaphorically, I have, I have a city full of ex-wives here. Right. But meaning, for me, the ex is also... When you sit in this new partnership and you talk about expectations, it is my sense that our expectations in any new relationship are often influenced by the relationships that we had before. The good ones, the less good ones, and the god-awful ones. What would you say is the, some of the history? Um, uh, so I grew up, grew up with my mother. You grew up in the US? Or? I grew up in Colombia. in Colombia. So I grew up in Colombia with my mom and my sister. And dad had another family. Um, and then I moved to the States when I was 17. Sola or con la familia? Sola, yeah. 
I came, I had family here, like I had an uncle and an aunt. Mm -hmm. And that uncle is my partner that I'm dealing with at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of like history, father-like history He's the with brother him. of? My father, yeah. That matters too. I would imagine that it matters. <laughs> <laughs> it matters. <laughs> but, so yeah, you know, when I arrived here at 17, he, he has really been a very influential person in my life. And for a long time, I said that he was like my father. And at first, when we first opened this business, I really, And that was what? That the was the restaurant. Okay. And I was the working partner, so I just kind of like dove in into that work head on and worked really, really hard for a long, long time, not really knowing what was expected and I had two little children and I was married at the time. It was, it was a lot of effort and like energy out all the time. And he wasn't even around. We said we were gonna have this partnership, got the loan, got the thing started. And like midway through, he said, I have to move back to Colombia because I'm in love with this woman and I need to marry her. So we didn't even open, he wasn't even around. You did open, but by yourself. Yeah. So and the restaurant left. still runs. Yeah. And it's a successful restaurant. It is. Yes. Like, it's been up and down, up and down. And a lot of it is because I've been learning as we do. Because he wasn't around to teach me. Did you think you would give up when he left? No. Oh. It wasn't even an option. <laughs> that wasn't even an option. I have this idea that you could either be really pissed at him because he left mm -hmm. midway, or you could... On some, in some weird way, almost appreciate the fact that he's finally out of your way and you don't have to deal with him because he's anyway not particularly helpful mm -hmm. and therefore you can just do your own thing. So I think I've, I've felt both. I think I felt, I think at the time I didn't know it, but I, I've always said that one of the biggest blessings was the fact that I was able to do things my way, even though it was really hard because I had to learn them on my own but I got to do them my way. But I think for a while, I was still like quietly resentful because he left, you know, and I felt like he abandoned me. Like your father? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And he may be man number whatever mm -hmm. in partnership, mm -hmm. yeah. this one here, right? And so part of your legacy is all these men leave. Yeah. The day they fall in love with somebody, they leave. Yeah. They don't even, they leave for, for love. This is yeah. <laughs> it's like right. a Latin soap opera, <laughs> uh, a but, novella. Right. <laughs> and that it's played out in my intimate relationships too. They promise you the moon and then they vanish. Yeah. That period of abandonment, for mm -hmm. sure. She understands that her uncle which is her business partner in the restaurant and who was here when she arrived to the U.S., is the father that she never had. And now she also understands that the uncle, alias business partner, who defects and leaves suddenly in the middle of the job, also is reminiscent of the father who abandoned her. In both cases, she felt the loneliness of the abandonment, but also the freedom and the self-determination that came with it. He's 50-50 with you? He's 50-50. And you've been doing 100% of the work for 10 years, 12 years? For 12 years. Well, he's 50-50. Yeah. This is a conversation we need to have. We? Like he and I need to have. And what stops you from having that conversation? Well, I, tr I try to start so I started this conversation three years ago. It's like, hey, can we, can we figure this out? Because I'm not feeling like I can continue to do this. Can mm -hmm. you give me that? Mm -hmm. And it's hard. It's hard to bring him to the table to have a conversation. It's really emotional. For? For me. I feel like I, I cannot have a strong argument around him. How young do you become? I don't know. I feel like he, he knows how to like manipulate me emotionally and I can't really like state my ground, like say, hey, this is not okay. 
I really feel really vulnerable around him. That, because he was good to you when you arrived here? Yeah. And because we've shared some really hard things together. Um, there is a history of this in our family, of like working together and pe pe people taking advantage of each other and then like big fights, family split, nobody talks. Everybody's in a camp. So I was like, I don't want to do that. And we're, we're doing it. But this dynamic of working with the family members, mm -hmm. uncles, aunts, siblings, by definition, if you have, you know, if you, ha if you have a business partner that is not a family member and the business breaks up or the partnership breaks up, you didn't have other attachments often to that person. Yeah. When you have those kinds of breakups with family members, you don't only lose your business partner, you lose the uncle who was there when you arrived, who was your father figure, who has been invested with all kinds of other other emotional things, yeah. meanings yeah. and therefore you can't really treat him like you would have treated someone else because he was once so important and if you cut him off then you cut off a part of your childhood and your history yeah. Yeah. everything is mixed yeah. at the same time because everything is mixed people allow themselves to treat their family members in ways that they would never treat somebody who was outside of the family because I gave you, therefore I deserve, and yeah. I was there, and you don't, I mean more than just this. Yeah. So that's one thing this time that you don't have. It is. Does he know the risk you take? Not the business risk you take. The emotional risk you take. Do you think that you know? I think so. I mean, I, I think that you know, I've learned your story and I've been witness to a lot of this. Like nothing that is being revealed right now is a surprise to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think that you would leave. Right, I mean, I think that's kind of where, why we are where we are is I, I came in and I gave full commitment from the mm -hmm. beginning. Trust was, a step, was given and earned and all of that and it's kind of maintained. And I think that that's why this is even a possibility. So I think that for me, the way that I see this as being successful is if we can create this thing and have sort of like a template that can be replicated. But if we do what we've done in the previous things that we've done, like that is gonna be really hard. That's why I'm always telling you like, you know, like we really need to have a structure and a system because we, we can like tie ourselves so intimately into what we're gonna do right. because then we'll never have the trust that somebody else is gonna be able to do it as good as we do. And there's no way that we can grow. Are we really thinking like big picture with this, like with this, because I'm actually a little worried that this is not going to be enough income for you to live. Right. Is this going to be enough? Like his plans of like getting married and like the family thing. Like, is it going to be enough? Like, and can we get out of the way to think that way? Let me just ask you something. There's a moment every time you describe the past where a surge of sadness appears. What is it that you're touching on? I wonder what it is. <laughs> I don't know. I think that it's because, uh, you know, like work has been, 12 years is a long time. And, uh, you know, I'm not married in part because of work anymore. So I feel like that was like a failure that I had in my life. But I think for me, things have shifted where that energy that I had at the beginning, like that is not there anymore. It's really not. But you're also telling me that the men leave the business because they fall in love and they have more important things to do while you stay working. 
and you just told him that you want to make sure that he's got enough income this year so that he can marry. Well, because I know that's something that you want to do. <laughs> yes, but basically you're left thinking, I'm the one working while the men follow their hearts. You didn't say that. Hmm. I just heard that. I mean, I sense you, on the one hand, super excited about this new venture, and at the same time, there's a way in which you would like to do it differently. Yeah, for sure. And then there's a way in which this applies to him. And that's the conversation that you just started. Yeah, um, well, I think that differently, I mean, we have this idea, but we don't have to do all of it, just us, you know, which is what I did when we first opened the restaurant. And I think when I did that, I really sacrificed a lot of things. Um, and maybe that's the sadness that it's there, you know, that there was so much that was put on hold because I felt like I didn't have a choice. Like this is something that I had to make work whether I knew how to do it or not. And a part of what you're talking about is how do I, how do, I do a new business venture that still gives me room to also pursue my personal life. Yes, but not just for myself, but for this partner too. Because I know that that is important. So you're now protective of his upcoming marriage, too. <laughs> Did I just hear that? That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> I saw your face. <laughs> and just to be clear, there's no upcoming marriage. There's also not, no, no, upcoming marriage. But well, I think it's... Meaning you know the price of sacrifice. Yes. And you're trying to tell him, I've already gone through this. Yeah. I have more experience and I'm older than you. And I know what it's like to, do, to throw yourself and do, as you just said, I would throw myself full. Yeah. Because... And I've seen it. It's I've a high it price to pay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's okay. what it is. And I think, you know, that... I just think that is unsustainable because I experienced it in a lot of levels. So what are some of the most important learnings for you that you want to make sure I feel like you take with you? I feel like for the lifestyles that we want, where we're a little bit more removed, it's like what we're trying to do with this new business is create something that is a business, not a job, not a not an everyday hustle. It's a it's a thing that kind of lives and breathes and you know, kind of runs itself. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think one of one concern that I have is that, you know, you and I both, like, really, like, identify with what we do, like, as a, like, a, an identity, like, like, we live and breathe and all of that. And I know that for a long time, when I was doing that at work, um, it just, you know, it, it got to the point where it was really exhausting. Mm. I mean, literally, you know, I wear the brand mm -hmm. on my body at all times kind of thing, and I identify with that. So the success of the brand is my success. Not the, not the financial success of the business so much as it is the perception, the perception of the of business. perception of success, yeah. Yeah, the perception of success is yeah. something that's really valuable to me, and I think it probably stems from you know, my pursuit of, of ventures that were alternative to my, my family. And I wanted to say like, look, I can be different and still be a success. And success looks like this. Um, and I guess- And I haven't sold my soul. Right. And I'm still an artist. And I didn't just <laughs> become a business guy right. that pursues the money. Exactly. And all of that is in there too, right? Absolutely. What's your- Girlfriend's view on the whole thing? She, she, I think she's supportive in that she wants to be supportive. She has a much more nine to five, um, you know, straight lace gig. And, you know, this, my work and my passion pulls me away from her. And, um, and you work with another woman. Right. And I work and with so another And so how does woman. all of that? And another woman that has a lot in common with me in all of those th ways that 
my girlfriend, it's a little bit of a foreign language to her. And I try to do kind of the bare minimum to keep her satisfied as far as being a part of that. But a lot of times she's kind of a, a, a bystander more than she is an active part of it. She comes, she supports events, she is there and she's lovely and people love her and to be around her. But, you know, she'll, she'll tune out when I start talk, talking about, you know, spirits <laughs> and cocktails and ingredients and things like that. It's, it's, it's foreign. And the same way that I am with, with what she does. Unless you serve her one. Right, unless she's happy when I serve her one. Uh, she, does, she does appreciate that. Do you feel attention there? I do. Yeah, I do. Um, even on this trip, I'm out in New York eating, drinking, having a good time with someone that's not her. We don't get a ton of time away from work. And so, you know, I do feel like there's, she's definitely jealous of this situation right now because she doesn't understand it and I'm away. And I, I usually explain my life to people as, you know, I've, I've got 90% 90, 90 of it is work that I love. And so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do 90% of it. And then the other 10%, I have to divide that time between my family, my friends, her, you know, everybody gets that sliver. And I give it fully. Um, but that means that everybody's left with 2.5%. You know, the, a lot of the most important people in my life are left with this little... This is how meticulous he is. <laughs> But I think about it all the time. And, and I, they're all hungry. They're all hungry. And, I, and that's what I, I've got to find the balance in because the only way to get out of that, you know, I'm, I am looking at the future. I would like to get married. I would like to have a family. And I have no idea what that looks like with a person that gives 90% of their time to this other thing. And Does it look good? That's why I'm, you know, that's why I'm 36 and haven't been married. Because uh, I've chosen myself or whatever it is. Well, and, and I think the reason why I'm always bringing this up is because I had to make that choice for myself at some point. It's like, okay, we are open these many days. And then I have my kids these many days. So how do I make my schedule work? so I can actually be present for my kids. Because if I am not, somebody else is going to have to. And then my relationship with them is not going to be what I would like for it to be. But I had to make that choice. And I think I didn't make that choice earlier when I was married, and I chose work. So, so I, you see him and you say, been there, done that? Yeah, I think so. Do you have a personal life? I, I, I try to have a personal life, yeah. But it's and they get two and a half percent? Or they get some more? It's more like, it's more like 8%. So whenever I meet somebody, <laughs> I say, I have my kids Sunday through Thursday, so like I don't compromise that time with them. And I have Thursdays for myself. So Thursdays available, and then I work the weekends. So that's Thursdays sound good to you? <laughs> it doesn't? Okay, well, see you next week. Yeah. That's, that's her life, how it is. <laughs> It's a bit ironic when I ask her if she has a personal life that she basically parses out the seven days of the week and her day of rest is Thursday, which is the day for the boyfriend. And that that would amount to a personal life. Then, of course, there are the children. And they are part of her personal life, Sunday to Thursday. So there is the mother... There is the businesswoman, and there is a sliver for the woman. Yeah, so it's not, it's not, it's going okay, I guess. But that's also kind of this, well, I don't know, maybe we've just gotten beaten down to think that's part of this industry, <laughs> but, you know, the way I view it is this, like, I never interfere and I, I, with my girlfriend's life. I am proud of her and, and any opportunity that she gets to feel valued, to travel, to do anything, I never say, wait, 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 ever. It's great, go, do, live. I want her to have every experience that she can and what I want in return is the same thing that if I get an opportunity to travel to New York to eat a bunch of great food, I want immediately that to be like, oh wow, awesome, good for you. It never feels that way for me. And I want to feel like we're cheering each other on and, and moving forward. Except that you are very clear when you say 90% of me goes to work. Right. 
And then within those 10%, she gets two. Mm -hmm. So when you say, I'm going to do one more thing, it's, very, it's not easy for her to say, oh, go, go ahead, have a great time, enjoy, because most of these things are not about her or with her. Right. And, I, and how many years has she been accepting this or living with this? She's, uh, we've been together for two and a half years. And there's no, no end in sight because you're about to start another business. Right. No, she's not happy. Right. It's a kind of a no-brainer. It is very hard to sustain relationships in the midst of this. So uh, she's been very patient. She has. And instead of saying to her, I don't get your support, from where she comes, she's done but that. Right. She's been quite generous. And may I say, I guess you give, what did you say? There's nothing I won't do. He has 20 hours of me fully giving. I would venture to say that the best of you goes into the business and the leftovers come home. That's true. You know, the quality of your conversations here when you discuss pricing and aesthetics and, and locations and all of that stuff. You're engaged, you're present, you're focused, you're interested. When you go home, you probably want to chill. Right. And I think I, I defend that by saying I've, I have, as I've gotten older, I've been very clear with people that I meet and saying this is who I am. And I know that that, I know that, that doesn't mean a whole lot. But I, I'd like to think that this she's attractive. This is who I am, that this is what? Well, no, she can't be attracted to the guy who is gone right. most of the time, six to seven days a week, and then comes home exhausted. Right. What's attractive about it? You're right, nothing. Sorry. <laughs> right. I mean, that's one piece. This, you know, uh, it's amazing she's waiting for two and a half years. Because seriously, you're not, you're not giving there. For good reasons, and maybe you, you, you choose not to at this moment, but you need to be aware of that. You can't pretend that she gets something really special for which she should be willing to let you be gone, right. you know, seven days a week. Number two is the two of you are aware that because there's the artist in you and because there is a certain uh, attachment to the businesses in which you feel very much like they reflect you, there's a part of you that has often favored how it looks more than what bill it pays. And that doesn't mean you haven't paid the bills because you wouldn't be holding a restaurant for 12 years, you're doing fine, but that when you make choices, you often will make aesthetic choices, what they call brand choices, yeah. more than revenue choices. I would say definitely that's more me than you. I, I feel like you're more more practical, you've learned, you've... I just had to learn. Yeah, you learned. Yeah. Okay. It, it, so this difference is useful. You can fight over it or have tensions over it, but in fact, it's useful because she will think over the stuff you don't think about and you will think over the stuff that she may still value but doesn't allow herself to think about. And so it becomes, it could become really complementary. If you make it work well. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's not always a cutting it in the middle. Mm. You know, in hospitality, I am sure that this is a, a trade all the time, back and forth. It is. How much it costs, how it looks, how it tastes, etc. I mean, this is the essence, one of the essence it's of like this. It's like a balancing uh, act, yeah, right. like you're always there. Do you ever consider, uh, you know, joining organizations where you can get input? There are, there's a lot of experience out there and a lot of what you have had to learn, you have learned alone. Mm -hmm. You figured it out and that works up to a point. There's a certain growth that you want to have now that demands you talking to people who've done things like that. Yeah. You'll take what you want and you leave other stuff, but it looks like you need more than just the two of you. Like mentoring. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that don't have to be necessarily specifically in your industry. Right. You, you need both, those who are doing what you do and therefore know the specifics of that, but also those who are doing other things but have grown things, have scaled things. Yeah, I think scaling is really... And I'll tell you one thing just on this one. The amount of these organizations who are looking for women entrepreneurs, you, they will all have open doors. They want women. 
And then on top of it, foreign women or immigrant women, <laughs> you've got everything on the cachet. <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs> the status goes to her for Bye, this man. one. <laughs> Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, Trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Intel is the spark for the dreamers who do. Those with ambitious, out-of-reach ideas begging to become real solutions. They share a vision for how our world and our lives can thrive when bold thinking meets strong silicon. They dream of a life with no diseases, of cleaner, greener, more reliable energy through the power of supercomputing. They dream of trust and privacy for all, of advancing and expanding education by bringing AI everywhere. Intel is the spark to start something new, to build something better, to know that no dream is too daring when you have the right foundation. It starts with Intel. Learn more at intel.com slash starts. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. They have both touched upon various other aspects of this business partnership. But the one that is glaringly present that I see the entire time I'm talking to them is the fact that here is an immigrant Latina woman and a white American man, younger, and that that complementarity must play a role in why they are together or how they are together and how people view them and how the divisions of roles will be distributed because of the intersection with the particular backgrounds that they bring. And it influences the way that they can relate and speak to their employees. The ones that are in the front of the restaurant, the ones that are in the back, the ones that clean the tables and the ones that are at the sink washing the dishes. What's your attitude towards your employees? How do you, how, how similar, different? Oh, I, I think I'm, I love and respect where she comes from because I've learned it, a lot of it from her. Um, she gives everything she can. It's her mission to make you know, to, to provide a safe and friendly work environment. Like all the, all the goodness that you can put there is something that's very important to her and it's something that I've witnessed and, and that I value. You Open have loyal door. people? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very loyal. People stay. Yeah, for the most part. We have a really strong core of employees. I, I think for me, um, a lot of the people that work for me are like an extension of my family. So our relationship just, it doesn't stop at work. Um, it's, it's a lot more energy and a lot more investment, but I feel like it just makes work so much more uh, gratifying 
for me because we spend so much time together. Do you have a feeling that the, the staff listens more to her? Uh, probably. Our existing staff, you know, I'm a manager, she's an owner. And so it's always the buck stops with her. Um, with the kitchen, who's mainly Spanish speaking. Um, you must learn Spanish. You must learn Spanish. If you're going to be in this business with her doing, you know, masa and tacos, you have to learn Spanish. Right. Like you've learned the language of cocktails. Right. You have to learn the language of Spanish. <laughs> Am I the first one to tell you that? No, it's something that I've, I've <laughs> wanted for, but I've never put the time. It's like, it's, I've chosen to spend the 90% on things well, the ninety percent you can tell every employee to start to only talking to you. <laughs> You'll Spanish. see how quick this is going to go. How do you think she learned English? Right. <laughs> she yeah. was thrown in here. Did you speak any of this before you came? Uh, some. I, I knew some. Yeah, I knew yeah. some English. Yeah. Oh. She's still learning. I teach her. <laughs> right. Well, it's a two-way street, my <laughs> dear. Absolutely. <laughs> if you don't, there will always be a barrier. Not that you can't do it there will always be a barrier. And you could totally do it. Because well, then when something really important has to be explained, she will have to step in to come and explain it. Talking back kitchen now. I, th I think a lot of the listening for the staff, and I think you know this is something important for us to consider as we move into hiring new stuff for this place, is that a lot of their listening of you is that you are a white man. And if we're going to hire, like, Latin American staff, they're going to listen to you from that place. And that's something sometimes that is a challenge. I mean, not... We, I mean, we've talked about it a little bit, but there, there's always, even if there's respect and understanding and compassion, I can't change the fact that I'm a, a white man mm -hmm. and that 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 is going to filter everything. Yeah, yeah, they're listening and, yeah. and, and all of that. You have a lot on your mind on this um, one. Well, yeah, I was just thinking that, like, it just came up. Like, is that one of the reasons why you want to be partners with me? <laughs> because I can facilitate that those conversations and those relationships? Oh, I mean, I, I think it, it it's a big part of that yin-yang kind mm -hmm. of situation. You know, you've made me, you've been a, a, a major part of how I've fallen in love with Latin American culture and flavors and all of that stuff. And you know that it's a genuine love mm -hmm. that I've, mm -hmm. I'm really connected to it. But you give validity to that. And so that's why I think that this makes a good partnership. That I'm bringing, like, the authenticity to it. Yeah, you bring all, <laughs> and hey, when the police are called, you call me, you're, you're a white guy. Yeah, did you in business with me because I'm a white guy? <laughs> Let me ask you something. Given that we are here and that there are things that you want to discuss, let's use this place to discuss some of these things that you have wanted but have not brought up to each other. Does anything come to mind for you? I know that discussing the partnership agreement was a request that she wanted to address in this session. But so far we have talked about a lot of things and we have yet to touch the partnership agreement. So we transition to this tough moment where we discuss facts, figures, and numbers. I think that, I, I think we need to sit down and have a operational, you know, like a, an agreement on how is it going to be down literally. to like the little, yeah, like literally. This is how the money is divided. This is how the work is divided. And when this happens, this is how we're going to deal with it. Like that clear, like right. nothing you else. You don't have an operation agreement. Right now we don't. And I don't have one with my other partner. And we, and this isn't the first time we've had the, the conversation, but just like so many other things, it's like it can be on a to-do list, but you know the business is going to open in two months, 
And if we haven't had it done, then everything else is going to get in the way. And and we're not, we don't want to be nitpicky and cold when it comes to, you know, a 50-50 on paper is one thing. A 50-50 emotionally is a different thing. Um, I am nervous of once we get down to those, the nitty gritty that it's going to become an offensive thing. Like, or it'll be, it'll be, it'll be totally difficult. You. you know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It will become a less relational thing. It's, it's a contract. And a contract will have things for when things don't work out. Not when they work out. And you don't need the contract. Mm. And a contract will not show all the warmth and the love. That's not what the contract is for. The contract is actually for, for in some way, for when, if the relationship was falling apart. But you need one. You're avoiding it because because it it's all about the numbers and less about who we've been for each other and what we've given each other. No, that that's a separate story. But yeah, but it's a necessary one, I think. It is, and I think for me, I know that accolades are something that rarely interests you, and I think for me, something that I want is to reestablish myself as your partner in this and not your, the, the vice president. And so I feel like as long as we go into this partnership saying, you know, this is us, it's not you, it's not me, it's us, and it's always us. And as long as we just stay true to that, that's one of, one of my fears because of the, your perception already in the town. Because how long am I going to stay the devoted boy of Mrs. Such and Such. Right. And, and that's the perception, because I know what our relationship is. She knows what our relationship is. But it, it's important to me that it's clear to everyone, not from a, not from a status standpoint, but just because... You sure there's no status involved? Oh, no, no. It's okay. No, no, no. There, there is status involved. I, I shouldn't say You both no have a way of underplaying the stuff that matters to you. Because the, <laughs> the, status, because the, the brand and the picture and the image, and the, the, it matters to her. She just doesn't say it out loud. In case it won't happen, she will be less disappointed. But of course it matters to her. That's fair. I definitely... I, I, yeah. And status matters to you. Absolutely. How many years are you going to be number two? Right. And... That needs to change. You need to be able to both be more honest about that together. Is there's nothing shameful about it? Right. Um. <laughs> what? No, I'm just thinking about what you said. I think this honesty thing is a hard thing for me. Yeah, I don't want to justify it as like a survival thing, but I think that's what I strive for in this partnership. I want to be able to be honest. Me too. I want to be honest too because I feel like... Define it. (laughs) I want to feel a true partnership. I want to be able to tell you when I think I'm being taken advantage of, even when it's wrapped in this beautiful narrative of we're family. You know, and I really, on the one hand, talk about boundaries, but on the other hand, we have a kind of a culture in which boundaries are there, but they're often crossed because we care, because we are family. Because we justify. Yes, we justify. We have a whole way of basically constantly trespassing on the boundaries. So honesty is what specifically for both of you? I think you're in a great place, by the way, even the very fact that you're stating it like this. So keep going. What is honesty for you in, in this? I think I, I work hard and I like to be seen for the hard work. I guess that's, that's a really important thing for me is getting, you know, working for the credit and then receiving the credit. Um, never having anything fall through the cracks. Did you know, did you see that I did that? Did you tell me you saw that you did that? Did you then tell me that you appreciated it? And I, f- and I feel like that, that's where I live, you know? Um, okay. So what I would say to that is that I, I might not be able to catch everything that you do and recognize you for it. So if I don't, then don't take it personal because it's not intended to be personal. And why not? Because you don't do it for you. 
<laughs> is that why? I just threw that out. <laughs> is that why? No, what I was thinking is that because I'm doing something else and I might miss it, ah. right? Because I'm like, occupied with other then things. Then the same way that he needs to learn Spanish, you need to become more attentive. Yeah. Not just say, if I don't, don't take it personally. Fair enough. It's, I will try to be more attentive to this. Okay. I'll try to be more attentive <laughs> to this. <laughs> this is also... It's a language too. Yeah, I get it. You understand? It. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. a language too. Now, of course you will miss. And he doesn't always speak the language either. But it's different to say, if I don't do it, don't take it personally, versus, you know what? I get this is important. Yeah. And I will make an extra effort. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, honesty? Uh, so I think for me, honesty is about, yeah, being able to say exactly what I need. Like, this is what I can do for this business, and this is what I cannot do for the business. Just like being able to like say that and not be judged that I am not doing enough. Because mm -hmm. I think that's where I live. I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. Um, Yours is I'm not doing enough. His is I'm doing so much, does anybody notice? <laughs> Those are the sub-stories. Mm -hmm. Those are key pieces that color the expectations that you bring to relationships. I think that they carry you in your life as well. Generally, the same narratives that we bring to work, we bring to life, to love, to family, they circulate in the same way. See, and part of why you may fail to recognize what he does is because you're not even busy with the recognition. You're just busy with, am I doing enough? Um, I think there is some sort of like shame thing for me that comes up in the recognition of it, right? Like, yep. who am I to say, like, yep. I've made it or, yep. or like, this is really great. Yeah. So anyway, um, I would love for no, no, don't jump over this so quick. <laughs> I think you're right on the mark. Yeah, I don't know why. Do we know where that's from? I don't know where that's from. <laughs> Do you know where that's from? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me see if I can see it. Um, it's usually from the historical back kitchen. Um, it's usually in La Familia. Um, gosh, I don't know. I mean, it, it's probably going down to, yeah, mom and dad's, you know, like their breakup and the way that we were raised, you know. Yeah. Say more. Um, mom and dad were a couple, but they were not married. And then I was born, and then he was kind of like playing around with somebody else. And then he left mom and then got this other woman pregnant and got married to that other woman. So, like, he didn't choose us, it was always them. Maybe that's. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. So I've like worked hard enough <laughs> to show him or to show whoever that um that maybe they that I was worthy enough to be chosen. Yeah. I think that's it. Yep. And I think I do that a lot. Yeah. Can you see it? Oh, yeah. yeah. I see it. I struggle with it as your partner because I see, like, so clearly what I worry, what I worry you don't see. In that, in that you have so much to be proud of and, and that you are so successful as a human being, not, 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 a, not even as a restaurateur. You know, to fight for the 
to recognition of your self-worth, but you don't know how to receive it. No, I don't. So this is the gift that awaits you. <laughs> From the little bit that I know, because I'm not fully involved in everything, but it seems like there's a constant kind of, it's like an, like like you were saying, like the like a TV show almost. You know, there's there's drama and happiness and disappointment and all of this stuff going on at all times. It's like this, you know, it's it's always never ending. How many seasons do telenovelas last? <laughs> this one's going strong. This one's been picked up for another another season. So what is this telenovela? She has a long history of disappointed relationships with men who let her down. And he enters a business partnership realizing that he's the next man who has to prove to her on some level that he will not disappoint her like all the others have. And this is where the taqueria enters. Esther Perel is a best-selling author, speaker, and host of the podcast, Where Should We Begin? To learn more about Esther Perel's world, to sign up for her newsletter, or to apply to be on the podcast, go to estherperel.com slash housework. Housework is produced by Magnificent Noise for Gimlet and Esther Perel Productions. Our production staff includes Eric Newsom, Eva Wolchover, Destry Sibley, Alex Lewis, Kristen Muller, and our coordinating producer is Lindsay Rutowski. Our recording engineer is Noriko Okabe, and Damon Whittemore is our mix engineer. The theme song was written by Doug Slaywin, and the executive producers of How's Work are Esther Perel and Jesse Baker. We would also like to thank Nazanin Rafsanjani, Matt Lieber, Darian LeBeach, Courtney Hamilton, Kelly Rose, Nick Oxenhorn, Dr. Guy Winch, Paul Schneider, Thomas Curry, Shani Aviram, and Jack Saul. Intel is the spark for the dreamers who do. They dream of a life with no diseases, of cleaner, greener, more reliable energy, of advancing education by bringing AI everywhere. Intel is the spark to start something new, to know that no dream is too daring when you have the right foundation. It starts with Intel. Learn more at intel.com slash starts.